Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, we were on Friday in Ballard and we went and visited Rosalini's Bakery and we were grabbing a couple stuff. I had a question in my head as I was driving back home. <laughs> Why is it pronounced Queen Amon? And it's spelled K-O-U-I-G-N, but they decide to pronounce it Queen. Why don't they just spell it Q-U-E-E-N? Why don't you just make it simple like that? I I don't know. I've never heard it spelled Queen. Why, did, why don't they just say it Coigan? That's because that's the Coigan. first Coigan, because that's how I pronounced it the first time when I ordered it long years and years ago. Well, Nelson, I'm surprised by your question, because as you pointed out when we were looking at the bakery case, you, you've had French before. So you were telling me the word for apple. <laughs> So, so the history of Queen of Mine is that it's actually, I think the roots can be traced to England, but somehow the, the French co-opted it. And I guess that's a French way of saying it. I've never heard it that way. Of all my years taking French in middle school and in high school, a quarter of it in college, I've never heard it pronounced Queen of Mine. I've never heard that word before, ever, ever. Maybe it's one of those lost in translation things from English to French and French to English. <laughs> but isn't it good? It's really good. Yes. <laughs> it originated from Britain, Britain, right? It's a yeah. Brittany pastry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Go figure. Go figure. I don't know. It just got me thinking, what other words do I mispronounce all the time? Or <laughs> I, I hate it when there are enunciation Nazis out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Like if I mispronounce something, it's not Moderna, it's Moderna. I'm sorry, people, whatever, okay? <laughs> like don't act all snooty and all pretentious as if you, I just, I hate it. I hate enunciation Nazis. And then they, and then, well, you can always correct me, but don't mm -hmm. make, just don't act all pretentious out of it. That's, that's, sure. that's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. For sure. I know. It's so funny because when you were telling me the apple thing, my mind was kind of blown a little bit. I'm just like, can I just buy my pastry for real? <laughs> I just want to know what kind of fruit is in it. <laughs> All I see is a triangle. There's some stuff in it and there's some powdered sugar. Just tell me what fruit is in there. <laughs> the worst part, and I will not be your friend, is when they go like, how do you pronounce it again? How do you pronounce it, Nelson? They can just go do something that I'm not going to say because it's a family show. <laughs> totally. Uh, that's my brother. So he, my brother gets really mad when we do that to him. Taylor mispronounces things from time to time um, and it just cracks us up and he gets really mad at us. <laughs> yeah, as he should. Taylor, it's well justified. You should be mad because I'd be mad too. You haven't heard it though. It's pretty funny. <laughs> they are honest mistakes. Okay. <laughs> Especially people that are not from here, that are where English is their second language. That's mm -hmm. I, it. Just it just makes it's just a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, it's like you're not sure. better than us. You are not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, there goes our diatribe, or at least my diatribe. <laughs> on, uh, I know. I'm all, oh, I thought we were going to talk about donuts. <laughs> <laughs> no. Pronunciation, enunciation. Okay. It's an underbelly of bullying. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Secret underbelly is bullying. That's, that's fair. 
Welcome to our show, everyone. It's episode 71 of our Seattle Foodie Podcast. She's Monica. I'm Nelson. Hey, Monica, I did mention that we did see each other on Friday, but that was more of a business meeting sort of thing. So it wasn't mm-hmm. an event that we went mm-hmm. to. We just, let's be honest, you just wanted to go to the Fat Hen and I obliged to go getting brunch with you. So, <laughs> oh, 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 thank you, Nelson, for taking pity on me and having a meal with me. Jeez, dude, for real? Yeah, I've never been to the Fat Hen because of the line. Thank you, Nelson, for making this suggestion because I really appreciate it. And we went in and there was no line. So that was perfect. Yeah. Like that was a perfect suggestion. Well, we were in Ballard. I knew you haven't been to the Fat Hen yet. So I was like, <laughs> okay, let's, let's let's try to go. I don't want to hear Monica complaining about lines. So let's try to go on, I mean, on a Friday. No, Friday's not that bad. It's worse. Yeah. It's not as bad as Saturday or Sunday. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. And mm-hmm. What'd you think? Did you like it? I did like it. Um, I, I I was torn because I knew the skillets were a thing, but I knew you were getting it. I know that we share. Uh, mm-hmm. I was happy I got that chicken sandwich, but that was like a quarter of a chicken. That was huge, right? <laughs> that was really big. Chicken schnitzel sandwich. Yeah, schnitzel. <laughs> I love schnitzel. <laughs> it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And so I'm really glad I got to experience it. But uh, M- Mr. Frankstagram told me that I did it wrong and he got really upset. And he says he has to show me how to do it right. <laughs> oh, what, what did you do wrong? I'm, I'm curious what you did wrong with it. Apparently, I ordered the wrong thing. I didn't use the hot sauce. I didn't eat it in the right way. And so he has a long oh, list of grievances. <laughs> Is that worse than making fun of your pronunciation or enunciation? I don't know what's worse. I don't know if that's worse. I think the pronunciation is worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. When people are really passionate about the things that they love and the way that they do it, then, you know, that's how it is. So I think pronunciation yeah. is definitely worse. I'm glad you ordered the Fat Hen chicken sandwich because mm-hmm. I would have never ordered that anytime going to Fat Hen because I'm always ordering the breakfast mm-hmm. stuff. But that's just, I appreciate yeah. you ordering that and sharing that with me. I should have told them to hold the salad because, <laughs> you know, I don't eat vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and the guy's just like, so you're done with this, right? I'm all, yeah, take it. <laughs> the server came while Monica was in the bathroom and was like, is she done? I was like, yeah, she's not eating that. She's not touching that. It's all good. You're, good. you're fine. <laughs> Those are vegetables. Have you met her? <laughs> Too funny. But thank you so much. That was perfect. Yeah. Well, let's get on to our show. Monica, like I mentioned, we don't have any recaps this week. So we're going to go straight to the events. And we do have a special section that we're going to tease. It's Chinese New Year next week. So I figured we could do some Chinese restaurants and give some people some recommendations with Mm -hmm. a caveat. So let's go ahead and get started. I will start off with a interesting pop-up. Shop till you drop. I would never save those words, Monica, because you'll (laughs) never hear that from me. However, I really do need a wardrobe makeover considering 80% of my apparel is sweats and workout shirts. Monica can attest (laughs) for that. (laughs) Locust Wines in Pioneer Square, who we talked about in episode 62, will be hosting a pop-up on Friday, January 24th from 3 to 7 p.m. with Sharply. If you don't know what Sharply is, it's a men's clothing store located in Capitol Hill. And you can browse essential, timeless, great fitting men's clothing while enjoying bottles of wine or on tap at Locust Wines. So they're going to be collaborating and they'll be bringing some men's clothing line and some men's apparel for men to try. Well, women can try too, I guess, if you want to go Mm -hmm. do that too as well. Sounds like I need to go to this pop-up, Monica. (laughs) 
Sounds like I do too. Um, it, it, <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds like such an amazing way to try on clothes in a, in a really like low pressure situation because that can get really stressful sometimes. And you know you're drinking wine, so if things you know if you start getting stressed out, you just drink more wine. And Locust has great wine. No, they do have great wine, mm-hmm. Monica. I've always never understood personal shoppers. Mm-hmm. I've never understood the idea of personal shoppers until I got older. Mm-hmm. And then probably because it's like now that I can afford a personal shopper mm-hmm. and so to help me find clothing and they're really helpful. So totally. Well, then again, the way I shop is either on Macy's.com or I go to Costco and see with whatever, what they have that's new. I know so. Costco has just, <laughs> Costco has changed our <laughs> lives forever. It's just like, there are five coats at Costco. This one looks really good. <laughs> You know me living that dad life without a kid. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, make sure you guys check out Locust Wines and their pop-up shop with Sharply. Again, 3 to 7 p.m. And then you can spend the day at Pioneer Square. Monica, what's your first event to start off this episode? Uh, My first event is Pop Punk Dim Sum. On Saturday, January 25th, from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., you can take a break from the Seattle Pop Punk Festival. Okay, I don't, I don't know anything about punk music in Seattle, but that festival runs from January 24th to January 26th at Highline on Broadway East. And so what they're going to do is while you're taking a break from that festival, you can go for dim sum at House of Hong in Chinatown. Now, you get to eat lunch with the bands, fans, organizers, and anyone celebrating the Chinese New Year because that's Saturday. And let's see, some of the bands are Sickle, Ergs, The Fallouts, Dead Bars. I don't know any of them. So if y'all are into punk music, I'm not. This might be the place for you. But definitely Dim Sum is a place for everybody. So just remember, this event is 21 plus. Monica, I don't know anything about Seattle punk music either, but I do know Dim Sum. I'm pretty good at that. (laughs) Oh, I'm so good at Dim Sum. (laughs) So good at that. So good at Dim Sum. I did some dim sum last week. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's right in our wheelhouse. So, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? We're just like yeah. uh, punk music. No, dim sum. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of dim sum. Listen to it all the time. Listen Me to too. it all the time. <laughs> Me too. It's on all my it's on all my playlists. I'm telling <laughs> you, they're they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. Dim sum so good. Okay, Nelson, what do you got for us? Okay, another event in and also on Saturday. So who's ready for beer in January, specifically Belgian beer? On Saturday, January 25th, the Washington Beer Commission's 11th annual Belgian Fest. Okay, Monica, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know the Washington Beer Commission is 11 years old or older. So I had no idea it's been going on for that long. But going back, Belgian Fest will be at Seattle Center's Fisher Pavilion. All the beers will be brewed with Belgian yeast. That's the whole point of it. And there will be all kinds of beer styles, including triples, doubles, Saisons, Wits, Home Runs, Abbeys, and Lambics. Home Runs not included, but there was a triples and doubles. So maybe there's a single as well. I have no idea. As for food, they announced some food trucks and vendors, which includes Woodshop Barbecue, Dante's Inferno Dogs, Munch Munch Bakery, Po Papa's Nuts, and Brewmaster's Bakery. Tickets are $40 online or $45 at the door. And there will be two sessions. You can attend the afternoon session, which is from 1 p.m. to 4.30 p.m., or the 6.30 to 10 p.m. night session. Admission includes a tasting glass and 10 four-ounce tasting tokens, Monica. Mm. Mm. I'm interested in Pol Papa's Nuts. I've never heard of them. Yeah, I was when I was writing that. I I was interested in that too. I've never had Pol Papa's nuts. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds interesting. 
<laughs> and of course, beer. You know, I'm down yeah. with beer. Yeah. All about that. Developing my cultured Belgian palate for beer. I can't remember if I've had triples or doubles. I've had saisons and wits. I've but... had home runs. <laughs> you have? You've, hit a home run? You've had a home run before? Yeah. <laughs> you sound so surprised. That that hurts. <laughs> you wound me. Just, Nelson, you wound me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That caught me off guard. I've hit home runs in life, of course, but no, in, in baseball as well. Yes, I've hit home runs. And, um, yeah. <laughs> we need to get one of our microbrewery friends to make some new microbrew and call it a home run style beer. I don't know what yeah. it includes. Home run. Maybe throw everything in there. I don't know. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. The brew that gets you to first, second, and third base and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Good one. Write that I in. Know. Write that yeah, Trademark it. <laughs> trademark right now. Tell Seattle Foodie it. Podcast trademark. Home run beer. That's good. Perfect. I'm always selling and always closing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a winner right there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Monica. Now this one isn't this upcoming week, but it's the Monday after. Tell us about this last event that we have. Yeah, this one is a flavor of inspiration. And like Nelson said, this event is on Monday, January 27th from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. But as you all know, we broadcast on Mondays and we want to be sure that you all have the details ahead of time. So the flavor of inspiration is going to be at Hot Stove Society downtown and Chef Tyler Palagi of Lady J and Chef Warren Akana of Pacific Room Alki will be on hand to create dishes that showcase what inspires them about Seattle cuisine. So that sounds really cool to me. Sarah Rosales of Lady J will also be there with cocktail demos and pairings to go along with the food. Tickets are $50 on Eventbrite and it includes appetizers, two dishes from each chef, plus the drink pairings and dessert. And here's the thing, all proceeds support Seattle Good Business Network, whose mission is to connect and inspire people to buy, produce, and invest locally in our economy. So it sounds like fun. And actually, you know, Nelson, when I was looking at that $50 price point and they tell you what you get, I'm just like, that's not that bad of a deal when you think about it. No, really, it isn't that bad at all. Mm -hmm. I was looking through it as well, mm -hmm. and it looks like a fun event. Definitely. For sure. I mean, nowadays, a drink downtown goes for at least $15, depending on what you're drinking. So that's just $30 in drinks right there. Yeah. Cokes are $15 now, guys. Cokes and Sprites. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, but don't worry. Cucumber water is only $5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time to start smuggling in my own cucumber water. I'm telling you right now. Right. I know. I carry my own cucumbers all the time. <laughs> all right, Nelson, we got something a little special to talk about. Why don't you tell our listeners what that is? We do. As we mentioned, January 25th is the Chinese or Lunar New Year, depending on how you celebrate it. I, I'm, of course. Hey, Monica, did you know I'm Chinese and I go to the University of Washington? Are you? <laughs> what? I know. This is the first time in 71 shows that I've told people this. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So to celebrate, I thought for those that have never experienced the new year in Seattle, it's always an absolute zoo in Chinatown in the International District. Thus, we thought it would be beneficial to recommend some Chinese restaurants outside of Chinatown so you're not involved in all that chaos because... Yeah, Chinese people go out and eat too on Chinese New Year. So I hate to what? tell people that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm telling you, we need these sound drops. Those goes like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, oh. 
I thought it'd be a good idea for Monica and I to tell you about some Chinese restaurants that you can go to and not have to brave the long waits or the long lines or anything like that. And maybe there are some places that are outside of the International District that you can go and still get some good Chinese food. Sounds like a great idea, Nelson. Yeah. So let me start it off. Since I live on the east side, let's start there where I'm most comfortable. And these are the restaurants my family and I frequent the most. Now, Monica, I could go the easy route and tell people to go to Din Tai Fung and Dozone and all those other places with multiple locations. But I thought it'd be nicer to check out some, not mom and pop shops, but specialize in, you know, that just have single restaurants that, that they focus on. If you want to go out early for dim sum in the morning or at lunchtime or for a traditional Chinese dinner at nighttime, I recommend two spots, Monica, on the east side. Top Gun in Factoria and King's Restaurant in Bellevue on Northeast 20th Street. They don't have the greatest Yelp reviews, Monica. I was looking through Yelp and they only have about like three stars, maybe mm-hmm. two, two and a half, three stars, but they do have really good Chinese food. And my family and I really like going there and we go there often. The best thing about it is both places do take reservations, but both parties must be present. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you must, so everybody must be present. You can't just show up early and then the rest of your party of 10 show up 15 minutes later. That does That's not how it happens. The two restaurants on the East side, I, also recommend our Ye's Walk and Cafe Ori. If you don't prefer to dine in and want to just get takeout and celebrate at home, I love ordering from these two spots. If you're at Ye's Walk, I highly recommend the Volcano Fried Rice. Monica, we have to get that next time, maybe in like 2021, which is the next time you'll be in the east side. Oh yeah, I for mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you meet me, if you meet me at Drive Through Boba, then that that uh, timeline's ramped up a little bit. Okay, okay, yes. <laughs> so instead of twenty twenty one, June twenty twenty, perfect. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, you can send me a DM and thank me later about the volcano fried rice. It is so good. You have to get that. I think those two spots are the places that we love ordering for takeout, mm-hmm. and it's just Chinese comfort food. Cafe Ori is. There's, it's a no frills Cantonese spot that just has just comfort food that you order. Yeah, for sure. What about Seattle, Monica? Well, there's several spots Monica and I love. If you're looking for noodles, I know Monica loves this place. You go to the U District and you're off to Shan Noodles. And mm-hmm. I love getting the cumin lamb hand rip noodles. Monica, what do you like at Shan Noodles? I like the spicy cumin lamb noodles. (laughs) That's really funny. But you know, Nelson, they opened a location in Westlake. So now I can go for lunch and it's not that busy because it's not as well known as their U District location. So I've been checking. Yeah. Where is it in Westlake? It's located. Um, Because I know they have the new location, but I don't know specifically where it is. Do you know where Matcha Cafe Maiko is? I do. We have been to Matcha Cafe Michael yeah. by the Seattle monorail. Yes. That's right. So it's just one level down. I mean, you can see it from the top of the escalator. And so it's right down there. And I have to say the prices are a little bit more expensive, but the food is still very good. And so I've taken a number of people there. I also love the tomato one, tomato noodles too, as well. That one's really mm. good too. You guys yeah. should order that. Yeah. yeah. You should order that. You should. You guys should eat noodles. <laughs> These are good noodles. <laughs> In fact, I'm going there. I'm going there soon with some other friends. So yeah. Oh, it nice. just makes other it really friends. accessible. Oh, oh yes, I I have other friends. <laughs> I'm checking. I'm checking my email now, Monica. I did not get an invite. <laughs> Maybe it's in my junk mail. Is it? In, I'll check if it's in my junk mail. Check if it's filtered. Yeah. yeah, check if it's filtered. Yeah. No, they're nope. work people. They're work people. Nelson, oh, come on. Yeah. Nope. I didn't get that evite. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Now, for more traditional wonton noodles, head to MLK and go to the Canton Noodle House. Monica, I just found this out. This used to be located in Chinatown the, mm -hmm. under the same name, Canton Noodle House. They relocated out to MLK. Their wontons and soigao rivals that of Mike's Noodle House without having to look for parking. They mm -hmm. actually have parking spots. It's in the same vicinity as Cha Time and Tony's Bakery. So it's in that same strip mall area, Monica. Mm -hmm. that, I, like I said, you don't have to find parking. You don't have to circle around or double park or have to deal with all the people, all the crazy people. And you don't have to pay for parking. So it's perfect. Mm -hmm. And like I said, their noodles are so good. I love getting there. Me too. Mm. All right. And then for more restaurants out in Seattle, let's head back to the Youth District. I have another one. It's called Little Duck on Roosevelt Way. I've been here twice and I love their double cooked pork slices and their braised pork ribs with potatoes and beans. And then for one last restaurant, this is one of our favorites, Monica. You should head out to Capitol Hill and head to Lionhead. Chefs Garrett Doherty and Benjamin Chu are making some awesome Chinese dishes up there. Monica, what do you like at Lionhead? Yeah, I visited there recently with uh, Jonathan Ragsdale and Miss Garrett, but he messaged me and he sent out some some things for me to try. The spicy one. Name dropper, by the way, name dropper. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. This if it's any consolation, I missed Garrett too. So <laughs> <laughs> The spicy wontons are so good and I just cannot get enough. Like that's one of my favorite things to eat there. Uh, one of the things he sent out was silken tofu and it had this really great texture and it was topped with all these spicy goodness to warm you up on a cold winter day. Uh, Garrett also sent out a braised beef uh, congee that was comforting. And Nelson, not going to lie, I really miss that duck congee they used to do at Kraken. I mean, that that's still like I dream about that sometimes. Um, and just congee is just total comfort for me. If they're listening, if Garrett and Benjamin are listening, when I first went to Lionhead, they used to have the signature Lionhead meatballs, which were just basically, I mean, that's what they make in China. It's like these giant meatballs, Chinese meatballs. And they were so good. And they were the best in Seattle. And they're not on the menu anymore. So <laughs> they can bring if they're listening and they can bring it back, I would totally be there in a lightning bolt. Like, a, Okay, absolutely. so let, let's play this out. Let me pretend to be Garrett. Oh, Nelson wants meatballs again? Yeah, let me <laughs> yeah. get right on that, Nelson. <laughs> I know, cool. I know. I just have it in my head. It's a cool story, bro. It's a cool story. Bro. <laughs> what did you love about them? Because I I never had those. So what do you love about oh, them? I don't know. I'm just, okay. I'm just a big meatball fan of any kind. <laughs> Italian meatballs, Chinese meatballs, braised meatballs, anything. Swedish meatballs at Ikea. Yeah. Just sign me up for those. We got you like balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put them, put them all in my mouth. Oh, family show. Oh, okay. Hey, family show. Hey, hey. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you make them sound so good. I know. <laughs> Hopefully Apple will not make this an explicit one, but I didn't swear. So it's <laughs> not an explicit show. No, but uh, I just love the Taiwanese style type meatballs in the Chinese style. It's just, I don't know. I there's just something that I, this, I really like about it. And mm -hmm. Lionhead had the best ones when they first came out and they mm -hmm. took it off the menu. Probably. I don't know if it wasn't popular. Or, I don't know what the decision is. Yeah. But, maybe people yeah. don't like meatballs as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can't fit them all in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh.
By the way, Garrett Doherty and Benjamin Chu, not Asian, making Chinese food, by the way. You okay with that, Monica? Totally fine with it. I'm totally fine with it, too. As long as it's good, I don't care. Yeah, as long as it's good. <laughs> it has to be good, though. <laughs> right. Uh, so these are the restaurants Monica and I love going to and have eaten at. If you have a go-to spot that you like or think we should check out that was not on this list, please DM us and let us know. Now, again, disclaimer, there's tons of other Chinese restaurants that we didn't mention. I know people are probably yelling while they're listening. It's like, how did you not recommend this place? These are places that Monica and I have been to that we love, that my family and I always like to go to because we just like the consistency of the food. There are tons of other Chinese restaurants. So please let us know if there's one that we should check out. And don't forget, Chinese New Year is on January 25th. All right, Monica, we do have one interview today. Tell us about the interview. Nelson, you and I have been to visit the Sound Hotel in Belltown and more specifically a current bistro inside the hotel quite a few times. Our interview today is with award-winning bar manager, Christina Buenaventura. She is killing the game with her cocktails and cocktail classes, which are free, BT dubs. Here's our interview with Christina. Hey, everybody. I'm here today with Christina Buenaventura, bar manager at Current Bistro, located in the Sound Hotel in Belltown. She has a passion for craft cocktails and is sharing it by making drinks and teaching classes at Current Bistro. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you. I think you're one of the first bartenders we've had on, so it's pretty so exciting. exciting. I know, right? <laughs> so how did you get started bartending? So I've worked in the service industry for the last 12, 13 years, and bartending was always something that was super intriguing to me just because it's a totally different style of service. Everyone just seemed really cool, and it's like you're making magical potions behind the bar, so I just wanted to be part of that. Magical potions. Um, I would agree with that. I mean, definitely, there's sort of just people who do screwdrivers, which is fine. Like, we all know how to do a screwdriver, right? And then there's people who are like a little something extra, and that's that magic that we're talking about. I understand you're originally from Seattle, right? I am, Which is yeah. pretty rare in and of itself. Very rare. Don't find many of us <laughs> here anymore. What are some popular drinks here at Current Bistro? Some of our popular ones, um, our signature cocktail, the Velvet River. Since we're called Current Bistro, Current like the fruit, um, we wanted to make a cocktail that would use creme de cassis, which is made from currants. So creme de cassis, whiskey, ginger, lemon. So that one's really popular. And then also our smoked cocktail, which was kind of inspired by having bonfires over at Golden Gardens in the mm-hmm. summertime. So it's a whiskey cocktail using a Woodenville rye, Amaro Nonino, Cointreau, and rosemary. And then we smoke the whole cocktail with applewood smoke. So mm-hmm. it's a delicious cocktail, but it's also visually appealing and smells amazing. For sure. I think that's something that's really big in Seattle. It's not just a cocktail that tastes good or that is well composed or has all these different elements in it. It's also one that's beautiful, right? And of course, a smoke cocktail has that little extra where you get to watch it being made. Everybody gets to video it and Instagram it, which is always fantastic. So you always (laughs) got to have some of that, right? Yeah. Nelson and I, my co-host, we're actually really huge fans of mocktails, and I'm sure you know there's like a zero-proof movement um, around the country that's that's catching steam. So I guess one of the things I wanted to ask about is what's the process like for developing a non-alcoholic drink, and is that important to the bar program here at Current? Yeah, so we actually do have a zero-proof cocktail section on our menu now. So not just using, I mean, there's great local ginger beers, there's 
great local sodas and things, but it's really fun to also not just be handed a can when you're looking for a non-alcoholic drink and you get like a fancy cocktail with a garnish and everything. So I like to just use whatever fruits are in season. I'm also a huge fan of making shrubs, which are Mm -hmm. basically like a fruity infused sugary vinegar mixing that with soda so just doing that with some soda water is a great non-alcoholic drink as well and you can definitely find those on our menu for sure and i think the way people think about non-spirited drinks is a lot different than before i mean it's pretty common now where you find you know a couple of people in a group who just don't drink alcohol i don't know about you but i've nelson and i go eating places all the time sometimes we'll say you know what do you have that's non-alcoholic and what we get back is Coffee, Sprite, water. <laughs> We're just like, okay, we'll have Sprite. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not, it doesn't make you feel special. It doesn't make you feel like you're a grown-up. You know, I mean, sometimes Nelson and I would be funny, we'll order Shirley Temples. <laughs> That's what we do when we're kids. But, but definitely seeing people up their game. I mean, if people are doing all these great craft cocktails, why can't they do the same thing with, you know, without alcohol? And so we definitely love to see sections on a menu that are dedicated to, to non-alcoholic drinks. So Absolutely. Great. It's so much better getting a well-curated yes. drink as opposed to a Coke. <laughs> for, sure. for sure. There's nothing wrong with Coke. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sugar in it, but nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Current's been open for a while. Definitely, I think, in the time that you've been open, I've seen sort of some changes. So what are some ingredients that you're excited to use in the future? I mean, just thinking about, like, where we are. Ingredients for me just kind of pop up seasonally. So as each season starts, I have a bar notebook where I go through and I write all of these seasonal fruits and vegetables and then just kind of get inspired for whichever ones pop out of the page for me, depending on my mood and what I'm learning at that time, what I've been researching about. So it's just a lot of just kind of popping up (laughs) randomly Mm -hmm. and getting inspired. So wait, you said vegetables. So you put vegetables in cocktails? Yeah, you can definitely do vegetables. I was thinking a lot about doing a celery root Mm -hmm. cocktail at some point. I think that would be really fun. Even using like celery bitters in cocktails Mm -hmm. is always something that's really exciting to use and very surprising when people get a cocktail and they're like, what is that flavor that I'm tasting? It's really good, but I don't know what it is. And you say celery and they're like, wait, what? There's celery in here? Yeah, I think celery soda and celery beverages are a lot more common on the East Coast. I don't think like people on the West Coast are terribly familiar with it. And it is a really like distinctive flavor uh, profile. But yeah, no. So any other vegetables that you're interested in using? Oh, man. I'm not sure at the moment. Okay. Yeah, still getting kind of through those winter fruits and yeah. winter citruses right now. So For sure. We'll see what catches my eyes. Okay. Fair enough. What are some new and exciting things coming in 2020? We have started doing a bar class that is the second Tuesday of every month. It's kind of a focused bar class where it could be anywhere from how to make your own allspice drams, smoked cocktails, things like that. One that I'm actually really excited about for this year is in April, right when we get back from, I'm going on a dirty 30 birthday trip <laughs> Those are always Spain. Fun. Oh, that's exciting. So when I get back from that, we'll do a sherry-focused mm-hmm. cocktail class. But they're really exciting. They're first come, first serve at the bar. I've been able to squeeze in a max of nine people, <laughs> which is nice and tight, but it's really cozy, really fun. You get to know some other people who live in the neighborhood, get to learn all sorts of things, smoking cocktails, like I said. Our next one that we have coming up is going to be our January new year new me so it's going to be like low-cal cocktails also mm-hmm. mocktails mm-hmm. and how to make those using fresh ingredients 
and then we'll have Blue Water Distillery come down to talk to the class, which will be really cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Nelson and I had a chance to, I think, maybe preview the class, because I think it was right when, when it, they got started. And I know, I'll speak for myself, I mean, I know Nelson probably feels the same, but I thought that it was really interesting, because I'd never been to like a cocktail class, right? So I was really interested in what that would be like. And it was not only, you know, watching you make things, but you were sharing your inspiration. Like you brought books that you looked at that were visually stunning, or what that you you research and like you were talking about earlier and so I think those are things like behind the scene unless you're in the industry you don't really hear about and so just just for us like pretending like we don't know anything about drinking <laughs> drinks which we drink a lot <laughs> I think it was a really good class and I thought that extra piece about like who you are is very relatable in terms of like connecting to people who ju just you know might be stopping by for a cocktail after work so definitely and kind of to go along with that so that was a bar 101 class mm -hmm. which we're going to try to add in every month but I always bring all of my books to all of the bar <laughs> classes so everyone can see where my inspiration comes from and just show people what are some great books to buy right now if you want to learn just bar basics what are some if you want to like really dive deep in there. Mm -hmm. I love to share my library. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was really great. That was one of my favorite parts is you just, your eyes lit up when you were talking about them and we were really interested in like what, what's in those books. Yes. And like you were saying, each class is a different thing, so that's what we can expect and maybe in the future, like you said, maybe a bar 101 every month, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna shift a little bit. I know that you make a lot of cocktails, but part of that sometimes is pairing them with food. And so something that our listeners always want to know is they want to know what you're eating so what are some of your favorite things to eat in Seattle my favorite sushi place is Umi I've been going mm. there since I was very young mm -hmm. I love it really great happy hour I just big fan of sushi yeah <laughs> we're in that, Seattle that's a great industry place too though yes. so a lot of people end up there late night <laughs> Absolutely. and then I probably frequent Rocco's pizza oh yeah probably three times a week if yeah. we're being honest yeah that's a good um, one great cocktail program there too so it's really fun to just grab mm -hmm. a slice sit at the bar and have a delicious cocktail mm -hmm. and then oysters mm -hmm. westward um, yeah is a great spot i actually discovered it when i was kayaking on lake union heard some live music playing kayaked over there pulled it <laughs> up and then went inside got some rosé and some oysters yeah it was amazing I know, you know, our guest this week mentioned Westward as well, which is wow. really funny because it's the winter time. Yeah. And I guess we're just thinking about sunnier days ahead. <laughs> she, she was talking about some strategies to snag one of those beach chairs. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're almost done, and I just want to loop back with you to see, is there anything that we missed that you want to talk about? Not particularly. Okay. I think that come and check out those bar classes. Yeah. They're so much fun. Really great opportunity to learn some new stuff and to meet some people in the neighborhood. And then I would love to just meet all of the people around Seattle. <laughs> I love making new friends. So come okay. say hi. Wow. Okay. So yeah. you heard it, guys. Christina wants to make friends with all of you. So come <laughs> swing by the bar. She wants to meet you. <laughs> and where can folks find Current Bistro on social media? So you can find us on social media with the tag at Current Bistro. C-U-R-R-A-N-T-B-I-S-T-R-O, like the fruit. Like the fruit? Yes. And uh, is there any personal like accounts that you have that you want to share? It's up totally up to you. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. I use Tale of Her Craft, T-A-L-E of Her Craft, and that's where I post some fun new cocktails where I will post on my story of what weird 
things I'm creating at the time in the back of the house. And yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And that's our interview with Christina Buenaventura. As she mentioned during the interview, you can find their account at current bistro and you can find her personal account at tale of the craft nelson i think it's really great to see some some new energy or in and around downtown around cocktails and i'm really loving this concept of the free classes they're small they're intimate you and i had a chance to try them out and really um it makes it fun and more interactive for people than just sitting at a bar and drinking drinks classes are always fun and by the way christina makes mean shirley temples and roy rogers by the way (laughs) <laughs> they are out of this world no no i'm just kidding <laughs> she does though <laughs> now christina puts so much time and effort when she's at home she's reading books cocktail books creating different creations uh, and i really appreciate the effort that goes into each of her cocktails. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely getting a different perspective on, you know, like we we're talking about, you know, zero proof and spirit free. I mean, a lot of places in Seattle still aren't on, on board with this. And this is the future. This is the newest trend that when you go into a bar or restaurant, there should be a section of drinks without alcohol because there are any number of reasons why people won't be drinking alcohol and simply excluding them. I mean, not that we don't love a good Shirley Temple, right, Nelson? Right. But, but still, sometimes you just want to feel like a grown up like someone has been as thoughtful with your drink as they have with others so that's that's one of the things that i really appreciate but even with alcohol the the way she's creating those drinks it's she knows like specific whiskeys go well with this and specific mm-hmm. whiskeys don't go well with this i think she tried i think doing a foam for another cocktail or mm-hmm. i can't remember what it was it's crazy just crazy creations that she's making mm-hmm. all right monica that's pretty much our show for tonight what do you think i think it's a good show <laughs> I, I got to name drop lots of names like three times three different times yeah. <laughs> yeah. name drop three three times one specific name that's it so. <laughs> Nelson you're too funny um, I think I'm excited about uh, Lunar New Year so you know I mean for me you know because I celebrate multiple New Year's it's just like you know two months of New Year's basically so so Monica, how do you how do you celebrate? How do Filipinos celebrate Lunar New Year? I don't know if they do it differently here. I mean, I'm Filipino from my mom's side, and uh, uh-huh. I noticed that the migration of Filipinos to Hawaii is a little bit different than here. But uh, just regular New Year. Um, but we're, we, we celebrate a lot, um, with a lot of firecrackers in Hawaii because you can, (laughs) because you can, (laughs) you can't hear. (laughs) I'm kind of glad that my, at my late stage in, in age right now, I'm kind of glad that the fire firecrackers aren't coming off really hot. Oh yeah. Are are you, are you that one dude is just like loud noises. (laughs) I'm old. I have to sleep. (laughs) Don't set my house on fire. Man, yeah. I don't call the police. <laughs> that's I don't call the police, but that just that's me. You know, it's like that's me on uh, New Year's Day at midnight. I was like, why are these people s- setting off all these stupid fireworks in Issaquah? It's like we have a ban mm-hmm. and no fireworks. And July Fourth, who are who the heck are these people setting off fireworks? There's <laughs> there's a ban on fireworks in Issaquah. I don't get it. I'm just like, I don't get it. 
says the kid from age six all the way to 14 always went to the Indian reservation to pick up a hundred dollars. Where are they getting the fireworks, fireworks from? <laughs> I don't know where these fireworks are coming from. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but I do enjoy lion dances. They are still my favorite thing. I have to go out to Chinatown. I I need to do a search for line dances around Seattle because I'm looking at all these Instagram stories and I was like, the Braver in, in, in Bellevue did a lion dance this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And there was another, and then in the Seattle Center, there was a lion's dance exhibition as well. I was like, I'm missing all of these. It's like, why do, how am I missing all these? I didn't need to go. Um, yeah, they have Tet right now over at Seattle Center. But, you know, if you if you go to the International District on Sunday, because most of the celebrations are on Saturday, there's there's still lions going around just blessing the businesses. And so you just randomly see one. There's a lot less people around. I mean, so they'll be there all weekend. Maybe they'll be on Friday, too, as well. I'll check that out. Maybe, yeah. Well, everyone, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year, or the, however you celebrate the New Year. Have a wonderful time and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.